Welcome everyone to our Small But Massive podcast. Today's guest is Paddy Nash. Hello, Workshop Paddy. facilitator, <laughs> songwriter, composer, <laughs> film maker, and an all-round good lad. And if anything I left out there, I'll zoom back in later on. Uh, you're, you're, mo- you're most welcome, Paddy. And uh, I don't want to be shouting too loud across the floor to you. It's, uh, you know, because it's Sunday evening. And oh, yeah. So, so, so we're going for that kind of that kind of uh, laid-back vibe. I then. was actually going to go for business casual. Right. But I couldn't find a shirt to go under black because I only have black. You know, I don't think I've ever seen you wearing a shirt. I wore a shirt, uh, I wore a suit one time, Paddy. Did you? Uh, wearing, uh, at your yeah, wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even wear a tie to that. <laughs> so then, but here, you're welcome, Paddy. And uh, as I say, and looking very smart, I should say. Thanks very much. You know, you just need to take a pose look out there and you yeah. have a rock. Could you take a wee pose for me there? With the shirt? Kinda, ah, that's it there, just a wee. Oh, See, I went there. there. That's right. it. Oh, hold on a second. It's on a mirror. Yeah, all right there. Oh. Holy God Almighty! What is that? It's as if it's as if you just your eardrum just popped out. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was I thinking, got COVID vaccine. I was hoping week. that I was hoping that wasn't a pacemaker going flying up through your body and came out through here. <laughs> but just for the people out there, a weird red thing popped out of Paddy's ear there and it shot down into his throat in the back outside. And they're not sure if it's a pacemaker or not, but he's too young to have a pacemaker. All right. So, Paddy, you're welcome. Thank and, you for uh, having I've me. known you many times, and you're, uh, as I say, over the years, you're a great fella. Um, Paddy, you were born in the Craigan. Yes. Uh, and you had to a family of 10. Family people. 10. Well, I was actually, you know, I was born in an ambulance in Spencer Road. The back of an ambulance in Spencer Road, and I was you couldn't tenth, wait to come out. Tenth child, and I was born in the middle of a riot, and the ambulance had to stop. They pick up this older man who he was injured in a riot, so it was me, my man, and him, and all he on all he had was an old torn tricolor in his pocket, and that's what I was wrapped in. When, when they brought him to the hospital, <laughs> wrapped in a, you were like the mouse. just wrapped the tricolor. <laughs> my mum just lifted me up and she's all. She went, got him to casually and turned her heads. And she said, this is my tenth wane. Can I not just go home? And I went, if you want. And so she went down. So there but, you go. So, uh, so your first uh, entrance into this world was a, a magical one. Yes, there was a phoenix wee bit from of, the flames. Uh, just phoenix <laughs> from the flames rising out. And uh, did your mother say at that time, "I shall call you Patrick"? Or what? Did it just come? Or probably? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They always said to me I was called uh, I was called Patrick after the the provident man, <laughs> Paddy McGaver. <laughs> there's a there was a week my ma couldn't pay it. <laughs> oh, so, so that's what I got when I was growing up. <laughs> so it was an order, it was a debt cleared up by a good name, and you got that name, and it was a good name. So look, when you're brought up, so you're back in the day, I suppose like uh, the HR, you're born just right at the start of when everything was going crazy in Derry, and. Uh, being young, growing up then, uh, with a family of 10, you say, yeah. was that all brothers or sisters or a mixture? I can never remem- remember if it's five brothers and four sisters or four sisters and five brothers. It's uh, five brothers and four sisters. Was it just like flat out? Was just two years between each one? Well, my dad worked a lot in England and he would come back. My mom would get pregnant. And then they'd head away again. So there was like a year between the first five, and then there was a, a, a gap of three years. 
So there was nothing going on for three years, and then uh, there was then no there was, there there no was curtain there three years. There was a bar. <laughs> don't know what happened. There was a bar on. Don't there was a bar. <laughs> there was no room. There was a hundred dunes running around so the house. You couldn't get peace, probably. You know. Aye, but it was just it was just mayhem growing yeah. up. Like it was, uh, but it was good crack. Aye, and I suppose uh, I know I went to school with a, a fella, and uh, they had a family of sixteen, and uh, it was like the oldest one had left as the youngest one was born, because I remember his oldest brother running a, a, a garage and he was just starting into school and he was saying how, like, and if you knew, they lived way up in the back end of nowhere, but it was a case of the brother above it, their sister below it. Did that happen in your house when Aye. you were close? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a family of five brothers, I'm stuck in the middle. So I suppose I'm like a, a springboard for both and things, but you would always look out for the youngest one. So did you get any wee favours being young and all? Well, the, the, the one elusive cream egg arriving, you know? No, no. That's where was, we patties. It was actually the opposite for me, because I was the youngest and I was spoiled. My ma spoiled me. So it, it, it was, I think all my brothers and sisters were kind of envious of that, like, of you know, me being the kind of the golden child. Were you the so youngest and you got everything? You know what I mean? So I kind of, I was, I was. The others just got toast and some <laughs> got toast and a wee bit of butter. You got toast, butter and marmalade or jam. You got the whole thing. If I wanted it, um, my mom would have got it for me. So what was the kind of um, growing up back in the day then in Derry City like for someone as you like? Because you started playing guitar at 15, is that right? Yeah. And uh, so, and you were you doing gigs at the start? Because I read somewhere you were doing like gigs, and you were only getting like say, was it thirty pound a gig? And it was 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 that when you were younger, or did well, you? I uh, I first time I ever seen a guitar. There was always music in our house, right? My dad played the accordion. And when I say he played the accordion, he played one song. He had one song. That's all he had. And it was like forever and ever, something like that. One of them tunes. But Is that always, the kind of tune you go look at there? That's a wee uh, sway. Uh, that's good, but, yeah. but, 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 uh, had an organ, always had an organ, and uh, and I remember it used to be I was able to pick out chins in the organ when I was away, and then uh, our Jimmy was friends with the uh, Moon Dogs, the band, yeah, the band, the Moon Dogs, <laughs> and uh, he landed home one time with a one string bass, a bass guitar with one string on it, and uh, and he put it straight on his wardrobe and locked it. So, but I remember he was out, and just remember going in and lifting out the one string bass, and kind of, and then I realised if you actually kept the, the head under the wardrobe, you get that kind of application kind of. So sound. you plugged around. It was your first uh, amp. It was first amp. The first and amp. First time, and, and I picked out the notes of uh, "Since You've Been Gone," Rainbow. Ding 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 and then I realised it was the same. It was the same four notes as Alternative Ulster. No, those will be. And I was fascinated by it. And then there was a boy. I was by an artist called Eddie Doherty. He played in the folk Long Tower folk. Was either Craig and Folk Choir or the Long Tower? And he had a. Uh, wee nylon string classical and he used to take it out every now and again and just sing kind of uh, the, if a picture paints a thousand words why can't I paint you all them out stupid songs uh, but every now and again the ballads every you know, now and again yeah. he would give me, give me a go on it and I would just again just try and pick out wee tunes on it like, and I finally I kind of thought to myself because I was never I was never no good at anything I was never no good at boxing they even know like my cousin was Charlie Nice like a European uh, he was a, famous, a very famous uh, boxer. You know what I mean? and, and brought so, a lot of spotlight for sport in, oh, in the I city. Oh, yeah. 
like like my, my dad sent us all boxing like I said, right must be a boxer in one of these boys and <laughs> like, so, not, definitely not and then was it the wee white vest days then party that was that day and the, and the uh, black hoodies uh, oh, aye, for uh, aye. And see if you had fancy ones with even laces you were posh <laughs> I know what you're on about here yeah. but then and I, uh, I, I got pretty good at football but uh, but I, had, I worked hard at it like yeah. but whenever I went to try for a team I was rubbish for some reason, but it was good, like kind of just playing on the street, not kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I, I got this real buzz for for the guitar. I just kind of fell in love with it. I kind of thought oh, I don't because want, that, I want that was your that. thing. That, that was your thing. That. You know. So we had a we had a rich auntie in, in Wales, and she used to give family loans, and you paid her back ten percent. Would she? Like. Would she? Would, no, just no, no. Was your aunt like a credit union? Yep. Well, so, she's more she, like a loan shark. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I suppose so. So she was your sort of, uh, you know. Uh, I know, like, did you send her what scones and all? You know, could you pay her off a of fudge <laughs> no, better? Could you, you pay her off a of Doherty's baps or things like that? No. My dad got me 50 quid offer and had to pay her back 60 pounds. Oh my God. And it just started the, the workshop. The what, is that like the YDP? The Dairy Workshop, Dairy Youth and Community Workshop. Uh, what should so it mean? The YDP so getting, sort of. Uh, yeah. See, I know I understand. So I was getting it. Was whatever it was, 12.0, 12 a week or yeah. whatever it was. So I said them five or a week. And my dad, I remember my dad saying to me, uh, you're, there's no way if I give you 50 pounds, you're going to go and buy a guitar. I said, I'm going to buy a guitar. And then he got the 50 quid and went down to Henderson's and I bought a wee Honor guitar. And it was 50 quid, exactly. Deadly. And that was just, that's, uh, that well, was that. Like well, I was was just, that. Was that the first, your first guitar? Did you keep it? Guitar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually in my sister's house now. It's in her, in her attic. Deadly. So. And did you, was that a mean? So then when you, uh, going back into your house, like, uh, and I know I read where your father was into Johnny Cash. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, did that influence you any, you know, by, and having so many different siblings, you know, the way some might listen to folk and pop and rock and, you know, because if everybody's growing up and they have their time and their generation, they're going to come into a certain style of music. Aye. Whereas if you have such a big family, you might have been getting your ears into different oh, I, I, I was force fed everything, everything. Yeah. Uh, like two of my brothers are big on the punk, punk, the Ramones, the Undertones, uh, our Peter, massive uh, heavy metal, uh, heavy rock fan, like Thun Lizzie, Rory Gallagher, mm. and then uh, sisters were on the ABBA, and Bag of Tail, and REO Speedway, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can get this feeling anymore. And then my dad was, was Hank Williams, uh, yeah. and Johnny Cash, and I remember, so... By the time I got a guitar, I was I was kind of going down that road of of rock music. I love and I, want, I wanted to be a kind of yeah. rock guitar player. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying to me, he was like, oh, "What are you learning that old rubbish for there? Like, That's not what the people want to hear. The people want to hear Johnny Cash, want to hear Hank Williams." And then I remember saying to him, uh, "But I, I'm thinking about write, when I write my own songs. Like, ah, nobody wants to hear that. People want to hear Hank Williams." <laughs> so he wasn't a great man for affirmation. Uh, like, <laughs> but in saying that, but that was that, that was of a time. They you knew that they just they looked aye. up to all these big, well, that, big artists. See, I didn't want to listen to that music. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I mean, fifteen because I, I didn't. It was old people's music. Yeah, but then uh, it wasn't until. I suppose I heard Christy Moore and I kind of I thought I want to be able to play a guitar like him so it's all uh, about the song yeah and yeah. just that big strum that he yeah. had you know that yeah. that, that kind of power so and, and so that's how I learned how to strum mm. but just listening to, listening to Christy Moore and th so that would have been and 
1985, ordinary man. Yeah, and so you, when you were listening to that, so did you decide then, right, I can go out and do a few tunes and I can do this, or did you just do local places or did you go into a pub and take it on? Or? It was mostly just, you know, uh, uh, we used to go down, there was a, a place called the, the Resi, make it down there on a Friday and Saturday night, everybody in the street, in the other streets, and have a few cans of beer, light a fire, and just kind of singing, singing around the fire. like and I, and I remember just learning new songs, just the... They sing at the weekend, yeah. Out, out the resi, around the fire, yeah. And, and that's and that's I suppose how I cut my teeth and and learning, and then I was obsessed with the Beatles at that, at one stage then, and uh, I remember there was a friend from school. He was big in the Beatles too, Danny McGill, and me and him used to sit in his his kitchen, and he had an old tip player, but it played slow, so you had to tune the guitar. To, <laughs> and we'd be trying to learn these because we had no books or anything like. no. we're just trying to learn these riffs from the because there's no access to them old friend to, like there is now that uh, young people can just hit a song and find the words and find so many different ways to play it back then your ear was stuck and uh, and obviously sometimes in some of them old albums there were pitched too as you know and then that even threw you even more aye, exactly aye. you know so and what, what about the likes of then uh, for you uh, like uh your first, the first single you bought was Elvis. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, was it, which was it? Please? Way down. Way down. We owned Waterloo. No, no, no. That's right. No. Wrong song. I, I, I got a, I got a, it was 1977. Yeah. I got a. How much was it? Tell the good I people out there. I don't know how much there. it was. Uh, but I, I remember getting a, a, a record player that folded up on there and they like a wee suitcase. Well, we put it on the, oh, yeah, the yeah, and, yeah. and uh and sort of looked at the, uh, the corner. And, uh, yeah, and the album and I got an album there was an album along with it and it was Blue Christmas. It was Elvis, Blue Christmas and uh A song you do uh well when yeah, you, you come around here and you don't you, when you go down Diane and yourself Best down Christmas to the fold, <laughs> yeah. you're singing on that that's uh, one of them songs that everybody knows. I seen tears around us that day, you know. It was very emotional. And uh, so going back but to way, but way, at way down, I, I bought the single, right? And I remember it was the first time I ever kind of was able to differentiate the drums from guitars, like no one's and and you started to hear back to start, and yeah. Because I listened to it that much, I was just I kind of knew every single part that was on the song, and I started to kind of really kind of break it down in my head. And I suppose that's when I really fell in love with, with music, was through that song. And but yeah. it's a, and it's funny, it's a recurring thing that you'll find that if people, even other uh, musicians like yourself have been chatting to, it's that sort of moment of getting a song and then realising how it's put together. Mm. And looking back then, which is a really important thing, uh, as you know, Paddy, they hadn't, many chances of doing it over and over and over again so they were tight bands and they oh, put Elvis's band was a fantastic band <clears throat> so when you came uh, f uh, from that when did you start writing your own music because I know that uh, you uh, going back right back to the early days with like the whole tribe singers yeah, yeah. and all that there uh, how did that come up I know that you met like, for the people out there Decky McLaughlin yeah. another songwriter at the time, and I remember, I don't even know, I could have been up around the nerve centre myself at that time, but I mean, the first time I came around. Well, it was a Musicians Collective back then. Yeah. And the first band we had was a, we, we were a band called, we called Mrs. Mangle, after the old Neighbours character. And we were, uh, but we were playing like, we were playing 50s and 60s songs. It was weird because we were just a weird bunch. We weren't kind of, 
like playing metal or playing punk or whatever. Yeah. We were playing the happy, happy shake and kind of yeah. shaking all over. And I remember, I didn't know, him, I didn't know him back then, but I remember they were putting on a, the Northwest Musicians Collective were putting on a gig in the Union Hall. And they were looking for bands. I was, was, that, was not down, down, the, I was down, down the bottom magazine street. Uh, Shippy Street. Shippy Street. Uh, I think it was down uh, Shippy Street. Uh, and I remember, oh, between, I think it was like between, yeah. the, 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 behind the walls there. But, uh, and I remember Sandy, it was numb, but I didn't know him then, like, but it was numb. I remember saying to him, can we, can we play the Union Hall, this gig? He said, oh, I'll, come, I'll come down and listen to these, right? So we were, we were Was he the agent? The, <laughs> was he the big promoter? Sake, I got the hippie, hippie shake. And he came on, he stood with his arms folded like that. No way. And then he went like that. And we stopped playing. He was all, nah, no chance. He says, our crowd will eat you alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? What were they like a grape from the head coming back <laughs> come, come, coming back and some fucking death <laughs> <maybe. laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. so, so we never got to play a gig but we practiced a lot and then it was after that uh, that I, I started writing I started writing songs it was we I started writing the first song I ever wrote was this anti-war song called uh, Forgotten Heroes or something it was rubbish like. uh, but what was on your mind that time what was going on in the world that made I you think no, no, was, it, was, like, was it was it because of where you grew up and no, what your perception no, it, was about no? this, it was a World War 2 song uh-huh. it, was like, it was rubbish but and then uh, I kind of thought no I'm definitely not a songwriter and then I started writing wee funny songs just about my family and about my friends and stuff like that and, and they seemed to get a laugh and then I thought oh, well that's that's that whole thing write about what you know and it was around about that time I discovered Eamon Fields music and 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 he, here he was singing for people just listening to Eamon Friel it was a, uh, a songwriter uh, from, from uh, Derry City yeah. who, well see in the Derry workshop there was two people Eamon Toland was the he was the the music tutor and Liam Liam Nellis was the literacy and they, they and they were next door to each other and I remember Liam Nellis used to, used to make me tips of uh, it was amazing McCanley, the Bothy band, the mm. really good music and good singers, and then some African music and stuff like that. He'd say, "Listen to, listen to as much as you can." And then Eamon would would have would have taught me. So always used to say, that was like, Liam taught me how to listen to music, and Eamon taught me how to really play music. And Eamon told him was a big fan of Eamon Field, and so Eamon Field was like a when I was sixteen at this stage, the key was like an enigma. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'd never met him, but here he was. This vinyl, this he had this album, and uh, his songs. He was singing on his dairy accent, and his songs yeah. were about local things, people, big bog side and, collapsing. And that that, and that I, sort of that sort of nearly uh, brings you to where you are today, Patty. In the I'm way, right like, about what you know. That was that whole thing. Like. But going back to the the early song, the war song. Uh, uh, yourself and Diane are great uh, advocates for for social change for people and uh, for communities and uh, for the rights of communities and, and uh, the right the, for the right of people having their rights and not stubbed yeah. on. And uh, is that something that sort of, from early, from your early songwriting, you know, has it something sort of, it seems to just come along with you or how did you get involved? Was that something in Derry? Did you just see what was going on and you just sort of thought, well, look, I'm, I'm, I, there's, some, there's another way. And, and that's, I suppose, uh, like Eamon McCann and people like that, they were they were saying different things and trying a different way. Is that something attracted you when you were younger, <coughs> yeah, well, or did that come like, later on? Or no, well, uh, uh, when when we started the bundle, it was the scream of bundle. Yeah. Me, me and Decky, and we had done a lot of a lot of benefit gigs for McCann. No, yeah. I was twenty one then. Like, and I, and I, 
politics wasn't really a wasn't really a thing that I was really interested in. You were just interested in music and, and interested in music yeah. and and uh, and just that whole thing. If you write about what you know, then you're inadvertently writing songs that can be you know, relatable to people that have been through probably the same thing that you've been through or, or whoever you're writing about. But it wasn't until I started actually travelling about and just meeting meeting people from different backgrounds, different cultures, and you opened up your mind to the world, and, and, and I was, that's I a was, good way to do I, it. And I was always, I've always kind of been like that. I've always kind yeah. of been open yeah. and curious. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've never, and and I suppose that's how I formed my own kind of identity and and politics, and you no, know, maybe questioning myself: where do I really stand on these issues? Where do, well, how do I really feel like? And and then once established that, then well, I suppose it's. It's up to me to kind of. This is what I do. This is my craft. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we can start. I can start writing songs about it. Yeah, you transported you know I mean? it. You transported it in. Well, the whole tribe sings. Like I seen you and and Derry performing, and uh, I remember at the time hearing about you's uh, uh, going out to America, and uh, like I was thinking, this is deadly, you know, you know, because I suppose you think back then there wasn't many people, you know getting in a plane that wasn't signed at the time mm. to go out to America and that was you and Decky's songwriting again and then uh, the song Happy came out uh, and uh, so you want to tell I suppose the people out there sort of how did the whole tribes start and how did you end up in America and you got signed and, and you, you yeah. done a small tour but we were we morphed from the, the band lids and the, and the, the whole tribe sings the Screaming Bunlads. Um, the Screaming Bunlads. So Screaming was started off as a two-piece and then Dickie's dad would have played bass and then we had uh, Sarah playing uh, cello and then Dougal came on and Dougal was playing a, playing acoustic. And then we started getting a wee, we got a drummer and we got a bass player and we started getting a wee bit more kind of rocky and I started playing actually electric guitar. And we, at one stage, we were like flat out, kind of really just punk. Uh, and then, which we, it was sort of like, like nearly like a like a like a folk rock sort of full on punk style sort of thing. Uh, no, it wasn't was even that. that. No. It was more. It was more kind of just straightforward four punk. Like, uh, you know what I mean? And uh, there was a bit of kind of ska kind of coming through. Yeah. But then we got to, when we got Tomas on the on the trumpet. Yeah. It kind of mellowed. It mellowed everything out, and I went back to the acoustic guitar, and we kind of thought, right, change your name. I never liked the name. The whole tribe sings. Um, but we stuck with it. We went with it. It's a catchy and, name. Uh, it? That's it stuck with people. It's catchy. I well, uh, I, I, I like it now. Yeah. I actually like the name now. I uh, didn't like it like it back then, but uh, it stuck. And uh, happy was uh, happy was a song that was that was written uh, for Diane. There we go. Uh, when we were kind of just starting out. When and uh, we, <clears throat> I remember writing it and thinking, this guy, this could be a good song, this could be a good song, and then taking it to the band, and it's sounding really good and really well, and everybody happy with it. And then there was like a battle of the bands thing in Dublin, and <clears throat> he said, Mom, we'll do a battle of bands, we're going for it. So we went and played, and I, I was, uh, it was hilarious because we got, had to get there at 12 o'clock in the day and then we didn't, <clears throat> we, there were sound checks and all that kind of stuff and we didn't get home day later on that night. But uh, we get the phone call the next day that we had won the Battle of the Bands and could be, and could be coming back to, to Dublin. So we went down to Dublin and we were in uh, Bono's Hotel. Ah, I stayed there one time, uh, Paddy. Uh, you want just at the gate. You uh, think it's going to be the greatest ever, but it's... 
Is that right? And this boy came up days, and he was, uh, I think was he Bono was... Was Bono there, sorry? No, Bono know. wasn't there. Did you? No, I met somebody famous there. Jim Sheridan, I think. I met Jim Sheridan. There you go. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but uh, uh, Guinness, there was some rep from Guinness, and they were launching Harp Larger in America. And they said, see that song you sang yesterday? The, the happy song we want to use that and her the Guinness her, Lager and her, her uh, no Harp they, they owned Harp oh they owned Harp they were, so they, uh, they were launching Harp, oh, Harp yeah, in, yeah. in America and they says so it's going to go on an ad that's going to be played all throughout America every radio station like this is going to be huge and they were going to give us 7,000 punts that was, that was a good bit of yeah. cash in them so days, we took the 7,000 punts we used it they thought we thought to ourselves right if this if this song's gonna be on the radio over America, surely we need to go to America <laughs> with all the Irish out. connection out there. You uh, know thinking, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and go out and and we'll become famous rock stars. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and tell the people and how the, it went. Then, then the opposite <laughs> happened. Then, like. But then it was just bad decisions, bad management, and everything just kind of. But for you, yeah. would it not have been uh, taking that all aside? Was it not exciting going out at that time to go to America and play? You know, because would that have been your first time going out to America to do a gig? Oh, I. Ah, so the excitement explain. of that there was there, and uh, I suppose you were probably thinking, well, this is going to be played everywhere in the states, so people are going to be mad to come and see us, and and maybe it was a case of just that experience was that experience, and then uh, when you came back home after after that. Um, you sort of had a wee uh, sabbatical from music. Yeah, I le- left the band. I was come back, come back home in debt and danger. Yeah. And I left the band and got a job on extravision. Yeah, and, and uh, just put the guitar down, and I never, never lost it for a good few years. And uh, so, I mean, I remember at that time, uh, uh, Diana, the course going uh, contemporary uh, course through the Workers' Education yeah. Company, two thousand six. Fortunately, not there anymore, but. There was, I remember myself, yourself, uh, uh, Marty McGill was on, and Liam and... Uh, Dee Murray was Dee teaching Murray was, it. Yeah, Dee was on it, and uh, we had to get together and do a showcase. Uh, I think I got uh, uh, Traveling Wilburys, Roy Robinson. I Anything <laughs> you got it. And uh, which, for me, uh, at the time... Uh, was great to be out playing again because I had missed playing and I was out and the course I felt was good for for meeting new people and uh, you know uh, and being able to try things with other musicians yeah. even though the recover song I think everybody at that time had their own reasons for being in that course and I think it's like a lot of courses sometimes you go on them and uh, it's you just see what it is and but then when it's done and you 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 know you come out the back of it 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 gives a different sort of a, a look on the course and after that there you then well that course like I didn't money I didn't money do the course because I, I was at a I was at a stage my life where I was music was it was a thing of the past uh-huh. I was no I didn't really love the guitar and then I think it was after the first day Diane came back and she was buzzing. Mm. She was like, oh, she said, oh, for God's sake, you want to see there's that little Paddy Glasgow's on it, Liam's on it, Paddy Glasgow's a hoot lick, and, and <laughs> Dee and Marty McGill. He said, Paddy, you'll love it, just come come to the next one, come to the next one. And then I went, and you know, and that was, it kind of kick-started yeah. everything again for me. Yeah. And and I remember, and that year then, you asked me to come up and play Glasgowberry, and that was the, that was, it was Glasgowberry was the key that 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 opened the the door 
for the rest of my career until now. Like. Oh, respect for that. And 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 just uh, thinking about that time, um, it was a great course. There was a great Composer, camaraderie, and it was a great. And, it was a great concert as well. That we put on the. At the, at the at the end, wasn't we all it? gigged in there, and we done our bit. Everybody was singing together and had to sort of do harmonies. No, it was all part of it. The wee tick in the box. Oh, wasn't exactly. It? That's right. Uh, you had follow, did you fall in your forms? Uh, no. Well, I'm naturally <laughs> dyslexic, and I'm putting sheets in front of me here and haven't looked at any of them yet. Danced all <laughs> <in> <laughs> and they're all going to look at the sheets. Look at the sheets. Yeah, don't begin the Hamster Star again. No, I, I, Dan, I fell down all on myself. One time, and I done my other course in the nerve centre. Uh, Marty McGill kind of showed me my mind way of getting through the course, right? And I got through it. You know, but uh, going back, you know, when you were in the States there, you know, uh, obviously um, you would have had some good stories as yeah. well as, uh, uh, you know, the imploding ones. Was there ones that you remember that were good for you, uh, you know, in the experience? Um, uh, well, when we were playing, see, when we were gigging, that, that was the, that was the, that's where the fun was, like, because... Ultimately, you just want to go out and play music. Yeah. And you want to, you know, play, hopefully play to a new audience and try and build that kind of fan base. And, but the problem is, is we didn't, we were getting, the manager was booking us on the Irish bars and we weren't an Irish band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were like a, we were like a pop rock kind of yeah. ska funk kind of band. You needed in front of a venue that was a venue for a venue sake. Just a proper music venue. Yeah. Like, and, and when we, when we did get them, when we did get them gigs, they, they went down. They went down uh, the best. The best. Yeah. And we got a few residencies here and there, and and, and around kind of Connecticut, and New York, and stuff like that. Mm. And some of them gigs were were brilliant. Like, and some of the Irish bar gigs were brilliant as well. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but there should have been if there had been more of that. There was a lot of time where we we weren't gigging at all. We were stuck in this house, right? Yeah. In Hartford, Connecticut, and it was there was literally uh, a motorway. Kind of running alongside it, <laughs> you couldn't walk anywhere. So if you hadn't, got, it was like an open prison. If you hadn't got a, a, a car or a van, you couldn't go anywhere. So somebody out in the van, you were you were snookered. And then a lot of the time, then we would spend maybe rehearsing down in the basement. And but when boredom, when boredom sets in, like, and there's a and there's a, a fridge full of beer. Yeah, you know what I mean. What goes out? I mean, you know, so it's like you know, what do you do? You're like yeah. you know. Yeah, it just needed to be planned better. Yeah, and that's you, a better and management. It, yeah, and like um, because the the thing about it is, like it was all yeah, it was all yeah, well, it's great, it's going to be brilliant. But I think ultimately, what we were all looking for was just to have a job and you no know, playing music. They earn yeah. earn a living playing music, writing songs, recording songs, and that was the that was as far as me anyway. That's the, as far as the dream went. Like, mm, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah to, just to get enough to get by. Just to get enough to get by and yeah. to keep you going to the next. Yeah, you know I mean? well, you were just saying there, like, uh, um, being in the underground of a basement or whatever, uh, um, that it was a bit like a prison. You actually uh, are part of a project. You've been doing a good few years now. If, um, uh, where you go into prisons, Paddy. I am and McGilligan. Yeah, and you help individuals through uh, the art of songwriting yep. and music. Do you want to talk a wee bit about that for the people out there listening, you know, what it's about and... And what's well, what's the outcomes? It's through the Prison Arts Foundation, and I'm the musician in residence. It's a fancy title, like for uh, it's good. <laughs> McGillian. It's good, like but it's so, open doors. You know that title I got. And the thing about it is, I do everything in there. From if you want to learn a few chords on the guitar, if you've never played a guitar before, I'll teach you a few chords on the guitar. Maybe you know the guitar, but you don't know how to write songs. You want to write songs? I'll I'll I'll, I'll try my best to help you there. Or some some people are just good singers. 
and then maybe show them some microphone techniques and kind of you know, wee tricks like that. So it's just kind of cater to what this, what that student is is looking for. And uh, if it's some or some avid people went through my class, couldn't never left that guitar before, and then when the by the time a year was up, not only were they playing and, and singing, they were writing their own songs and then recording their own songs. Do you know what I mean? So they were getting, they were, because the, 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 that is a fantastic form of expression there for people that maybe, uh, I suppose, made mistakes. We're trying, you're getting them to try and make it right and try and come yeah. into society again. And uh, like, I think them, uh, the words of them type of songs would be very powerful. Is, is there, a, is there, like, I don't want to put you in the spot or anything. Is there an individual or, or a moment that, that someone wrote a tune or you helped them write a tune that you thought, you know, this is yeah. what it's all about. This there's, is there's, uh, there's been a few, like, there's been a few. Uh, and what, no, what I tend to do is uh, subtly kind of under just the politics of, <laughs> you know, of just of caring, of mm. kind of looking out for each other. And one of my students... It's a wrote, human thing uh, you're, you're uh, reaching and, for. And, yeah. and, and, and under just the music of John Prine and... Yeah. Springsteen and those, so they're not listening to Ed Sheeran all the time. Yeah. Just no, try. I listen to Ed Sheeran; he's great. But try John Prine as well. So that kind of, and, and then there was one of my students one time, and he wrote this song uh, about Standing Rock. It was the time of the whole protest with a pipeline going through the reservation, and he wrote this song, and uh, it was a completely out of the blue because when he came on to me, it was like kind of I didn't care about anything like that. Yeah, know, and that's just the front, wasn't that the front at the start? Uh, he's he reading, he reading this thing about about uh, about standing rock about the pipeline through, and he wrote this beautiful song, uh, and I can I just remember taking this moment and kind of thinking, I helped they kind of do that, like you know what I mean, and just kind of owned it for a wee second, uh, and kind of just kind of we we pat in the back. Uh, and, no, but that's right. that's showing that the work you're doing is 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 having positive impact, uh, and uh, and I think that uh, work like that should should be supported more. Uh, uh, do you find that uh, there's enough access for people out there that you know need? Because that's not the only. You would also do other programs, and you're with uh, people with. Uh, different needs and you're working with them and uh, mm. and all different sort of scenarios and uh, you seem to really enjoy that and you're fit to come down and uh, get a tune going. Like you were down with the I Am guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you're saying about the individuals you worked with and uh, earlier on there, they, they were the same. Like none of them had sang before yeah. or, uh, uh, you know, or, and when they came in the course, like uh, they wouldn't even hardly spoke to you, Paddy. Yeah. But yet at the end and the show day, they were speaking to funders and they were looking out at them and you could see that uh, that extended uh, sort of learning with individuals yeah. like yourself and uh, as it kind of and, and Diane too was down yeah. on it with Aye. the guys and sort of uh, delay, uh, you know portraying that real positive because uh, at the end of the day when you see people that are withdrawn and they start to bloom and yep. trust you like and start writing and, and what they're right. writing about I think it's a positive thing oh you know? right. and some, like sometimes you just need a you just need somebody there to give you a wee bit of affirmation you know what I mean and somebody there that's kind of no that kind of says aye that's really good there yeah. did you do that Yeah. you know what I mean because if, if your confidence is, is low and and the chances are you know, somebody has told you in your life that you can't do it yeah. you can't do it you can't sing yeah, and that could or, be. That or could, you're stupid. That could be the biggest. You know what I mean? That could be the heaviest lump of concrete Bang. on anybody's shoulders for a Aye. lifetime if yeah. it's not changed. Aye. And it 
that we interception you're saying about is so important. That's it. That's it. And what you do, what I try and do anyway, is I like Michael J. Fox once says that uh, if our if our kids don't learn the way we teach, then maybe we should teach the way they learn. And I've always kind of held that in the back of my head. No matter what scenario I'm in, I'll, I'll, I'll find out what no what works for you. I'm not going to I'm not going to just go. Well, I, I do it like this, and this is the way it's done. This is the way you write a song. No, I'll I'll work around you. Yeah. Um, How would you go about it? Yeah, that's, you know, and I think uh, that's the best way to they, they, they just go about about the work I do anyway. Yeah, is kind of catered for for all different types of people and at all different. Uh, levels and and their and their musicianship or whatever like you know, through the through the work I do in Shindan or even the work I do in the in the hot house with the kids like yeah and uh, do you find that very you know rewarding being out there because it's like uh, to be able to go out there and perform and then like uh, go out there and uh, help on the next generation via workshops and things like that as a a real strong thing. Uh, you've been doing that for a few years. Mm. Uh, do you find the experience with other places you are and then you go into the hothouse that, that uh, you can kind of understand? Uh, because I suppose what I'm saying there, there's so many different uh, young people out there and the different sort of behaviours as such mm. as going on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's brilliant going in among it. Uh, I'd probably be fired on among <laughs> myself, Aye. you know, and uh, to try and get the best out of uh, individuals yeah. and you're good at that. Yeah, so and you're you're like me. It's it's bringing that kind of positive energy. You know, people. I would, you know, people will say to you, like a young person will meet you, and they'll, and they'll probably maybe chat to their friends. Ah, your man's mad on me. <laughs> but no, they'll be saying it in a, in a good way. Like they'll be <laughs> like, no, he's mad. Don't go near him. He's mad. Uh, you going back tomorrow? Uh, uh, know uh, what I mean? Yeah, it works. It works. Uh, and that's that positive positive energy. Yeah. And and the whole thing it's about. Having fun, yeah. having a bit of crack. And that could be any you know art I mean? form, Pat. Yeah. It could be anyone, exactly. you know, and it could be the likes of uh, music, it could be um, acting, it could be anything, it could yeah. be behind the scenes, and, yep. uh, you know, and that's a thing too, I think. Uh, uh, going back earlier on, your, uh, the, your latest single yep. is called Rapture. Rapture uh, song, yeah. Yeah, Rapture song, and uh, you, uh, that's about Diane as well, you yep. and Diane. That was a uh, birthday, a wee birthday present uh, for one year. You know, I think, and that's a very, uh, uh, was, there must have been tears, was there tears? Was it? I don't know. I, I think know. there was. I, there was, I think. Uh, well, I'm feeling them anyway. I'm picking, <laughs> if I had a third eye, I was like, a bit red thinking out of your tongue earlier on there. I, I, you know. I, I, I just poured from my heart onto the page. <laughs> Tell the people out there, There's. I know that I was listening, uh, you were out uh, plugging away the PR on it and radio and different things. And uh, there's a very interesting story to, you know, how it all came about. Do you want to tell the good people right. out there well, how I, that? Well, when I recorded a demo and I put it up for her, for, for, for Dan, for her birthday. And people said, that's ah, really nice, whatever, da, da, da. And then, uh, so I had this dream. I was over at the Americana UK conference in London in Hackney. And I remember uh, in the dream, I went under this bar way, Billy Bragg and Ralph McLean. And... I went to jukebox. Ralph went to get the beers. Billy grabbed the seats, and I remember I put the money in. And I had only enough for one song, and I put on Thunder Road, which is, in my opinion, the greatest song ever written. And and we sat down in the corner, and Ralph was oh, good choice, and Billy was all good choice. It was a really vivid dream. <laughs> and then the door opened, and out of the out of this light came, came Bruce Springsteen. And he just and he nodded at me and he was all good choice and I was all it's the best song I've ever written. Boss. And, then he, and then he goes up to me in the dream right on the face and he goes, uh, "Tell me this, why have you never released Rapture song as a single?" 
And I was like, oh, that's just a wee birthday present. He says, get it out. And I said, what, like full E Street? And he says, full E Street. And I woke up, I said to Diane, I know what my new single's going to be. And she's sharp as a pun, says, so do I, Rapture song. Did the Iron Dream at the same time? I was like, did you the same dream as me? You know what, you're that long to get out of your telepathic. She says, I just heard you know that. She says, I've thought that for ages, like, Brilliant. Did you bring that song as a single? And, so and, we did it Follow Street. <laughs> and so you're a massive fan of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And the likes of Christy Moore and Creedence and all too. Oh, I And the old Cole. Oh, Cole. Oh, Cole. That was the, the, the early Cole. Uh, the first band that I like, seems to no, pass bought me a by. t-shirt was status Cole. Oh, deadly. Uh, so uh, I was a big Cole fan. Like. Big Cole. What's your favourite Cole song? Oh. Uh, do you see, it depends. Like... If you were steaming and then if you were sober, there's two. I love, there's a song called uh, Someone Show Me Home. It's off uh, If You Can't Stand the Heat, that album. And it's just, it's the first time they introduced Hammond Organ and their songs. And Hanky Stayed, Andy, I can't remember his name, but I love that. But it has to be down, down. I've had it, you've uh, put it on the head, down, down. Uh, it's like, it's yeah. one of them songs, it's, see if you're at a wedding, or you're at a whatever dance, a down down comes on, you're on the floor, like yeah. aren't you straight away? When we done our when we done our, our open air disco together, yeah, remember? Oh, I down down. We there. put that on. Da, I know we got luck. I'm not allowed to stand up on here, Paddy. <laughs> but, no, but I'm standing now anyway. But even the intro, see that the, the long version, the intro is yeah. phenomenal. So. Uh, and people, the thing about State is Cool is, uh, you know, they always say it's just a three chord trick. They're catchy. Well, that's rubbish. That some of the uh, quotes. I remember trying to learn quote songs, and there's like, yeah. there's definitely uh, 16, 17 <laughs> different chords on it. Remember those three chords? Loving on an Island's another great old track. Yeah. Love that. Darren Dula, I'd like that there. Uh, uh, well, so then when you come up to Glasgow, uh, there was yourself and Diane and, uh, and Liam. Yeah. Right. And uh, so then you. Uh, at that stage, you done a few few gigs out and about. Yeah, we call ourselves uh, Stone Soup. <laughs> Stone Soup. Do you read the, the story? No. Stone Soup. No. You never heard that story? No. There's these two soldiers, right? And they're at some war somewhere, and they're and they're they're lost, and they're they're kind of hungry, and and they and they come across this this village, right? And they and they knock at the. The, the doors and nobody's got any nobody's got any food right so at the last in the last house they ask for a pot of water and the woman gives them gives them a pot of water so they start they put a stone on the water and light a fire and they start uh, boiling it and then so something's out and goes what are you making what are you doing there so I'm making stone soup and he goes oh, no that looks rubbish like a, I might have an onion so somebody gives him an onion, then somebody else comes along and says, oh, I have a oh. carrot. Somebody oh, it's says, like a wee adult. Somebody says, I have a potato. <gasps> then the next thing you know, it's, uh, they've got a big... A whole village can come back. They've got a big pot of soup, wholesome soup, that everybody in the village can share. You How did I mean? it just ring a bell? Stone soup. So you, and that sort of thing, if everybody puts on a little, then everybody gets out a lot. So I always loved that, but you kind of... That, that you get a little stone chip 
And so I thought it'd be a great name for a band, but apparently there's about three hundred dollar bands called Stone uh, Sips. Or Sip of the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> or the Stone of the Sips. <laughs> We're slightly different. Yeah. We're the, the Stone of the Sip Sips. Like, we are Stone Soup. <laughs> we are Stone of the Sip Sips. <laughs> We're from Los Angeles. <laughs> We're a rock band. So how did you get then everybody else uh how did everybody else come around then? Because uh, all the other members, that, and what stage did you decide? Because uh, you were singing your own songs at that uh, stage. I was starting uh, to write. I started writing yeah. again. That was our thing from from Glasgow and yeah. from that course and from playing Glasgow and just started. Um, uh, uh, had the guitar back at the at the at the bug back and I started writing again and enough songs then for a for an album. And uh, Paddy Nash and Happy Angelada. Well, I didn't I didn't really have a name at this stage or. Johnny Nup was kind of playing about a bass. Wally was doing some drums here and there. I made Liam and Diane, and we were the kind of they were the, the kind of staples. Uh, and then I phoned, I phoned Rory Donaghy. They booked the Blast Furnace, and uh, and he and he just says, "I've been waiting for this phone call." I just went with Rich Paddy here and he goes, I've been waiting for this phone call. This is what I mean. He says, I've been waiting for this Did you come to him in a dream? Did you come to the man in a dream? I think says, you do. No, I says, think you come to people in dreams and all. I said, what do you mean you're waiting for a phone call? He says, I've been waiting for this phone call for 15 years. 15 years? Just, he says, I knew that you were going you to come under the last furnace at some stage. So we went done and in that we got a couple of different kind of guest players but from the first recording the first album, the enchiladas kind of the happy enchiladas started to kind of come together, and then uh, I suppose it wasn't until the second album that we were really kind of uh, established as a as a, as a band. Like at one stage, we had uh, we had Tracy McGrory playing fiddle and Junior actually Junior yeah. Johnson playing playing Hammond. There was nine of us, and uh, and it kind of then it kind of. Went down to seven and kind of stayed like that. Yeah. yeah. Then, but when you went over to, you uh, when your first album, you went to, to the UK for a tour. Yeah. With the band. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The uh, next year, the following yeah, year, two thousand eleven. Uh, how, how did that all go, or how did that come about, or did Diane plan it, or was it <laughs> was it just uh, was it just strangers in the night, or what was it? Some agent pop out of a head and no, say, "Let's was, do it." I, that was the, the one thing, right? I I, I always says and I says it to Diane and. When I when I get back and the and the music right, I says uh, if I'm going to do this right, then I want, I'm going to be my own agent, I'm going to be my own manager, and my own booker. That's it. I don't I don't trust anybody. I don't trust middlemen and music anymore. I don't do it. So just just from experience, and I thought right, and if I don't and if I don't get packed, if I don't get bookings then so well well be it like so at the 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 tour came about we get booked to play toe puddle the toe puddle murders festival and then we basically got in touch with loads of bully bragg fans after the bully bragg jeans thing like mm. we had loads of kind of people we made loads of contacts had you met bully bragg before that or before the song came out or had you known him or no it just it was just a fan like it was and, just... and the song was just was Literally about an old pair of jeans that I bought in the House of Value. You know them jeans that are just comfortable. Yeah. You just you kind of look at you. You've got these nice jeans. Ah, oh, just put them on. And I called them Bully Bragg jeans because. Uh, and did you buy these jeans when you were younger? Uh, well, I had them for years. Like, uh, but they were. Like, I called them my Bully Bragg jeans because. Are these famous jeans that you sort of. <laughs> he was. He was on a. He says he can't remember, but he was on a BBC Two documentary, and he was going on tour. And a, he was going to turn a bus, but he was saying about what he had on him. And he says the, the jeans were a fiver from an army surplus store. 
Oh, and that's what my jeans were a fiver and an army surplus store, so that's why they were called Where's my Ibsen? Where's my Bolly Rag jeans? Did you see used to hide them? <laughs> so you have you, you you had them for a long time. Long man. time, man. These are Bolly Rag jeans. So And that's what the song was about. Just about, again about another song about me and Diane, but it was about the about the when you when you get them good jeans on you or a good pair of comfortable jeans, you feel good about yourself. You're mm-hmm. alive. You're alive. And uh, you're going out. So you're heading the Sandinos. You're heading the cellar bar. Got my Billy Ride jeans on. Get them on you, people. Exactly. Every for we should do you now hashtag people out there. Patty has an online <laughs> range of clothing. Oh, so ad break. <laughs> Patty's online clothing. Patty, could you tell the people out there what have we got? We've got uh, jeans. We've got Billy Bragg jeans. We've got Billy Bragg jeans. We've got them in different colours, good people. What colours have we got them in, Patty? We've got them in communist red. Burgundy. <laughs> Apple green. Sky blue. And your favourite. <laughs> Red and blue together. And we've actually got ones with two different coloured legs. But for anybody out there, just go on Paddy Nash Clothing Range dot EU. So, uh, so Paddy, so then from there, um, you, uh, people started to pick up on you, you know, around when you put the album out. And uh, I'm sure that gave you, a, you know, a newfound confidence because oh, it's not I, harder than having to release something just out to the big bad world, you yeah. know what I mean? And doing it yourself and Diane, because I know you've put a lot of effort on it. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is we've been self self releasing in 2010, put it out on our own, make up our, create our own record label, put it, put it out, put anything that I ever do now out on my own label. And just just not being waiting for people to ring you back or waiting to answer this email here and there, whatever. And thankfully, like the first album, uh, and Jerry Anderson was such a, a, a godsend to us because he, he loved it. He loved the album and he played away at it. Like, and that just kind of got us loads of sales, got us loads of great gigs as well. Like, because that you know Jerry I mean? um, uh, Anderson, a fantastic broadcaster and mm. uh, a great advocate for people just coming in that yeah. wouldn't have the big major, you know, thing behind them. And, uh, and you mentioned Junior Johnson earlier on. Yeah. Junior was the same. Same, yeah. Uh, and from getting them plays, did that get you in then to radio stations to beat out the odd song and all of a sudden you became this person that would call on and come in and every release you had was Jerry there for you? He get, was there. That's what I'm saying. And he, I remember uh, we booked a gig in the black box and it was the first time we ever kind of really played. We played Belfast a couple of times, but this is us putting on our own show. And it was a big... Big show. It was a, it was, yeah. no, it was, and it was a, it was a kind of leap of faith. And yeah. and I, I phoned Jerry and I said, Jerry, if I, I think we sold about, I think there was about twelve tickets sold, but it was like it was a few weeks away. And I says, any chance? I says, no, any chance of us going on? Or we've booked a black box and and for Friday or whatever. And he says, look, come up, come on the show, do your live, do your live set. He says, uh, he says, if you're shite, <laughs> nobody will come. He says, if you're good, you'll sell out. And we ended up and did, did the live set that day and that night. We sold out. So it showed you the power of radio was yeah. still there. Power of Jerry Anderson. And power of Jerry and a popular show. Mm-hmm. And someone that was a great advocate for, for bands going in and independent bands. And yeah. you also know then by what I should have said was that uh, you're a great influence for the younger musicians out there. Like, because um, uh, the early days... Uh, yeah, you were Derry City Man Craig, but you and Diane moved to Lamavati. Yeah. And uh, you started doing nights in uh, the Alexander Arms. That's right. Because yeah. I was up at one one night, and right. where you got other uh, uh, 
musicians from Limavady and, and the surrounding areas didn't give them whatever, yeah. any, it didn't really matter to you where they came from. And where they started to have an opportunity to come up and try their music and you were a great advocate of the band Furlough. Furlough, yeah. And uh, who then... If only they were still going now, that name. Ever, nobody knew what Furlough was before. Now everybody knows what Furlough was. <laughs> <laughs> they should have re-released their music. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're just for people out there, the Aye. band is Furlough. They're from Limavati. But uh, I found out, because see, working, working in extravising in Limavati, you're in a great, you're in a great uh, position because you get to know a lot of people really quickly. Yeah, they're all because they're all customers, uh, and then so I kind of found out that there was loads of young musicians and kind of people that you know trying to form bands and whatever, but there was nowhere for them to play. There was nowhere to go. Like so, it was just a matter of case of uh, Donald would have come on the shop. You know, and he was he owned the Alexander Arms, and I'd be like, uh, "Do you ever put the music nights on there, Donald?" And he'd be like, no. I said, "He says I've got a cellar. It's never used. Like, uh, if you want to go for it, right, no bother." And then just get the word out and get get people together. And, and he was happy because he was getting he was getting people coming on the yeah. on the bar like, and, and you, people but you, and you brought something new to Lamavari, a new scene, and it was good. And there was different ones uh, uh, at the time round. Rennie Boy Sleep got yeah. and a great artist. So there was lots of people in and about. And so you sort of then went from your first album, uh, which I should say. Uh, you have a lot of backing singing, a lot of, is that, you know, going back to really earlier on in our chat about the, the, the you know, the early Motown and all the yeah, yeah. songs oh, and the folk and all the, yeah. all the different mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, music you were listening to, John Prine, Credence and all that, and a lot of 60s and 70s uh-huh. stuff. Um, you brought that into your music then and uh, uh, when you're with the band, uh-huh. the Happy Enchiladas. Well, it all comes out sub- subconsciously. Yeah. You know, when you, I never sit down and think I'm going to write a Motown no. song. Sometimes I'll just be playing. Uh-huh. And, then, and then when I'm halfway through writing a song, I'll start hearing instrumentation. Yeah. I'll start hearing, oh, I, and I'd four on the floor would be good mm-hmm. there. Or, you know, that kind of, uh, and I speak, and then thinking what Johnny would be doing in the bass mm-hmm. or what. You know what I mean? So it's it's... That's when it all starts to kind of form a picture halfway through the writing process, and and it is a mix match of kind of different genres, the kind of music, yeah. the music that I write, the music we do. Like I've kind of settled down now, and they kind of I think I've kind of settled down on the kind of older kind of folk country kind of. So, vibe. do you think that uh, um, you know because this last while you've. Uh, um, you released your solo album, uh, yep. Get Keeper, Get Fever, Get yeah. Fever. Sorry, and uh, uh, that's because we're all locked up here. As you saw, Get Keeper. So uh, that was, you know. So how do you feel then coming out then as a solo artist? Because you seem to yet again that was picked up on, and uh, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of songs uh, uh, that sort of uh, you were letting back to your when you were younger, your home, your, your family, and all that. There, uh, how did it feel then? One manager with the whole do up a wop, everybody's doing their butt and everybody's getting into it, and then all of a sudden you're just on your own uh, as you were earlier on. The few tunes you played, what did you feel about that then? Because I know that you were probably early on days after the course of Diane, you know, you were playing a few tunes in your own, and then all uh, of a sudden you're on your own again. Is that something you like doing more mm, than the whole band? Not as no, many no, people. To- no, uh, given the given the choices, gigging anyway, live like I'd, I'd rather be playing with a, a, a band, full band, a full yeah, band. Yeah. Um, but that album it came out of I think it was kind of it was born out of frustration and uh, just I 
think we kind of we kind of had a brick wall. A band had a brick wall, I think, and then people were in other bands. So I'd be maybe booking a gig, and then everybody can do it except one person. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Somebody else couldn't do an hour date or thing, man. I kind of thought, right. And then I, 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 I had a guitar, and Paul Casey was going to buy me a guitar, and I says, right. So instead of buying it, just give me give me studio time, and let's just work on something. Let's do something together, and. Uh, and I was mad. Was that that album was recorded, mixed and mastered in six days. There you go. And like six days, it took us six days to do the backing vocals. See, and with the happy enchiladas, you know what I mean? Alone, like so. And it was just, it was because there's so many so different easy. parts to put together, Paddy, isn't uh, it? Well, that's the thing. And we're and were you? We were using the studio as rehearsal time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we were like, yeah. it, was, it was all on the clock, like, uh, and we're trying out these harmonies. And yeah, and then you need to rush, and then you maybe miss things. Uh, and, uh, so this here was just like, not these are just, their songs, half of the songs, a tribe of the band, and they didn't work anyway, because they were kind of just, but slow and kind of maudlin'. But, uh, they kind of just seemed to work in that kind of acoustic vibe, and we put about a uh, Nicky Scott come in that a but a double bass, and yeah, and Liam Bradley, and just, oh, kinda, yeah, just people really, that Paul worked with, uh, and and uh, he works with, and he, he kind of knows top and, players, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just really kind of session heads, yeah. that kind of just get it, like, and just and they play for the song, yeah, you know and, what I mean? And you could tell that on the album uh, that they were playing, and and so see, even then with that album coming out, uh, you you then went over to Glastonbury. Uh, yeah. And played on your own. Uh, uh, well, Diane was with you, and uh, you headed out on your camper van. Yes. Uh, what was the soundtrack on? Was it, uh, on how did oh, there was, there was a uh, lot, lot of Springsteen. There was a lot of but a cashier number nine. There was a bit of because uh, I seen wee videos. Uh, uh, that's right. And then Sunshine and Lisa Proclaimers. That was a that's our big big song that we uh, love to sing along to in the, yeah. <laughs> in the van. Do you want to have a, 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 a wee line of it a bit? There was, there's a wee bird. There's a wee bird cage out the back there. Might we, do a line too there. We drove. We <laughs> drove uh, from. From Derry or from Lumavari to Dublin, got the ferry to Wales, down three Wales, and the and across the uh, Glastonbury, and the reverse gear didn't work in the van. No reverse gear. No way. No, and that so every time we had a like all the services, they had to do like a. I lip, I lip to get back out again. Was it like, just keep going round? It's like having to go round the motorway twice just to get off it. <laughs> and then we broke down on the way back. Oh, the water better. cooler went. Uh, and we got that. It was hilarious. Uh, but when you when you arrive, it doesn't matter what happens. When you're going to a festival, you got, once you arrive, the feeling. And I know that it was it was muddy. Well, uh, oh no, it? that year was gorgeous. That was a good 2017, year. 2017, it was beautiful. You went a muddy year and you went to dry. I, I went to 2011 was the aye. muddy year, and, and then uh, 2017 was so the nice year. The Bully Bragg stage is where you played. Yeah. Um, so just for people um, out there. The Bully Bragg stage, uh, do you want to explain what it's all about and what the ethos is and, and the people that play it? Like, Aye. Well, it's a, the left field stage and it's basically kind of mixing pop and politics. They've got, uh, they've got bands and acts on that are doing uh, kind of stuff that's, that's uh, social commentary. And then they've got speakers on and stuff like that. So there could be any, there was, like, I think, like 2017, there was the Black Lives Matter we're, we're there in 2017 yeah. and they're doing the talks. It's one of them places you can kind of come to chill out, get a bit of politics, hear, hear some kind of music that'll make you think as well as dance. And it's just a lovely vibe. It's just a lovely place to be. Uh, the backstage area is just kind of chilled out and everybody's kind of, it doesn't feel kind of like, no, like, you're, like, all these people are working at this festival and we must get this thing. Everything's uh, just done at a nice kind of slow pace. And that's kinda, because the pros are it. 
Uh, exactly. Make it look way. exactly, and, and, and it's where it's kind of where all the all the kind of workers that uh, would come to they come to chill out and stuff like Michael Evis jumped the fence and uh, <laughs> just came out of nowhere over. He this, broke into o- his own o- festival. Over, over this fence. <laughs> Did he, he break into his own festival? Just came over this fence, <laughs> and I was sitting there, I was like, and I was chat, I was just sitting chatting, and I kind of had a cup of tea and whatever, and then he jumped over the fence and away he went again, that, kind of, that kind of thing like right. but, uh, so it's one of them it's just a, a it's an it's a nice vibe and it's uh it was just we were just so lucky to be there i love playing it and that like the wood burning savages played it then the following year they played Brilliant. that field as well Brilliant. So. and that's a uh, and they had a ball too they loved it another band that you're a great advocate of since oh, yeah. you're really young patty paul connelly especially uh right from the early days oh, yeah, from the queue and, and uh, oh, from amazing. the queue and uh so uh, and like yourself too well, you, sir. well uh, and your second album, Times of Transition, did you feel you were just whipping off the, the, the wings and taking yeah. a new fly out, or what was the crack? <laughs> that was the album that I, that I kind of think, that that's the album that I think well, defines us as, 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 a, as a band. I, I think it's the, yeah. the best songs are on that album, yeah. and the, just the best feeling made a bit of, a bit of crack making yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, the, was that a harder album to do than the first? Or? No, def- definitely not. Uh do you think everybody in the band had more confidence in yeah. going at the studio and stuff well, like we, that? We we had been playing together, we'd been playing live together, and we were playing the songs that we that we recorded. So we knew exactly when we had done the record, this is how this song's gonna sound. So we were able to get the bones down straight away and then have a bit of fun then adding yeah. the kind of the bells and whistles and stuff. Well, I mean, like your creative juices were flying that time because yeah. it didn't take long after that your third album came out. Yeah. And uh and then I suppose the the timeline for your your solo album, but uh, what's the sort of thinking? You know, when will the next happy end uh, for the people out there? Just for the, uh, I'm aware, but uh, where did the band's name come from? You know, the happy end oh, to yeah. that is just for people out there that mightn't uh, know and know. be listening to yourself and wondering where the name came out of. Well, it's a Mondegreen. Well, could I just say, uh, that you know sounds a like is? a posh <laughs> man that owns a Viscount Mondegu. Uh, well, that, that, you could be right, because we'd hear... Viscount Mondegu. Of, I'm not sure, right, but there's a, there's a there's an American poet writing her memoirs, and she was recounting uh, a poem that her mother used to, used to uh, read to them when they were young. And it went something like this, they, uh, they killed the bonny Prince of Earl and Lady Mondegreen. But when she researched the poem, it was laid him on the green, not Lady Mondegreen. <laughs> and she was like, "So what's the name for this kind of misheard lyric or misheard?" And there was no, there was no word in the English language, so she put forward Mondegreen for a misheard lyric, and that's why they're called Mondegreens after <laughs> Lady Mondegreen. There you go. So she's a lady. So the Happy Enchiladas uh, comes from a, a misheard lyric from a John Prine song. He was playing this concert one time, and this this woman kept shouting out to him, "Sing the song about the Happy Enchilada." And he was like, "No, I don't. You get me confused with Jimmy Buffett. I don't write songs about food." And then she, she says, "Look, just tell me what 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 is it?" And she goes, "It's a Happy Enchilada, and you think you're going to drown, but the line in the song is, is that it's a half an inch of water, and you think you're going to drown.'" Ah, it's the people's perception yeah, then of what? So, so that's like the people running around for years, I've done it myself, singing the wrong lyric. Yeah. And then somebody cracking them and telling them the right lyric. Yeah. So they well, shouldn't feel bad, Paddy, because well, they Well, do you could, know they were going to ban uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix? The Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy? They thought they, he was singing Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. Ah. Uh, 
And they were like, we can't be having nuts on the BBC. No, we weren't ready for that to happen, Patrick. Kissing Why guys? do these things happen? Jimi Hendrix kissing guys. Take me no. over to the news. Not news. on my watch. Edmund Fitzroy no. for the news. <laughs> Today in BBC, Edmund Fitzroy, the news. Patrick, would you tell us about yeah. the scandalous sure, thing? They banned, uh, what do you call it, uh, the Kingsmen? Uh, Louis Louis. Louis Louis. Whoa, whoa. That's and he goes, uh, uh, my baby, we love, and he starts thinking, talking gibberish. And you don't know what he's saying. I don't think he knows what he's saying. But they, they banned that song like it, there was <laughs> because they just didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> is it, if we don't understand what he's saying, then it must be bad. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, tell me this. Uh, so you then, uh, your third album came out, right? Uh, which the name has just left me now. Uh, Laughter and Love. Laughter and Love. And... Uh, like that's a lot. Like I'm sure you're proud to think that uh, you uh, you were with the uh, the band lads and the whole tribe sings, and then you had a wee. You know, uh, I think listening the course that Diane run was, as you say, that, oh, aye, that was that, uh, and that and leading on to Glasgow and, and, and that's brilliant. And, and yeah. like to have three albums out and a solo album, uh, I'm sure you feel really good about that and uh, like because yeah. you, you I, I went self-employed in 2011 I left my job and and uh, and I, I, I was just like it was an hour again an hour leap of faith yeah and thinking can I do this can I become a, a self-employed musician or even a self-employed creative in some kind of way yeah and that was so that's 10 years now that I've been self-employed this year and that that's worth the party yeah and if we could have a party, we'd have a party. Oh, I'll have a party, don't you worry. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> we can't even hug now, we have to stand distance hugs. Well, see there, now at the minute where we're at, and uh, like you have been like flat out online, and you've collaborated uh, uh, with Junior. Yep. Uh, and you've done uh, the wee hopper one, the bike one. Oh, I the tomahawk guy. Tomahawk. tomahawk song. Deadly song. I've seen the tomahawk. I used to, uh, I had the grifter, I had the money grifter. Oh, like a striker? Striker. Aye. Aye. And, uh, I have to admit, that was a hell of a bike, yeah. Well. That was a rhyme in my song. <laughs> Deadly. There you go. And you had a line, you know. brother had a striker. And, and I had to admit, it was a hell of a bike, yeah. It was a deadly biker. <laughs> and uh, the only thing was, you had, to, you had to travel twice the speed to keep up with somebody with oh, a bigger know. wheel, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so how is that all, um, like the the tune you done with Junior, is that something you would think about doing? Because uh, I found your two voices together, it was yeah. really, really, sounded really good. I love that. I, I love that idea of uh, of collaborating with people. And I've done a, a I've done a few. Like I did one with with Gemma. Yeah, yeah. It was an hour thing. Remember that yeah. it was yourselves in the in the blast furnace. Yeah. And I was, the, you you wouldn't believe the amount of people even now say to me about that song. There you go. About how, even now to this day, like, like how much they love that song. Like there the you country. Go. And and then there's a couple of other people now at the minute. Especially through lockdown, kind of getting a wee email here and there, a wee message. You fancy doing a Zoom and seeing if we can come up with something. So it's something that I would like to do is a collaboration album. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or even really have cool. an album with a few collaborations on it. Yeah, and uh, I. Who um, do you think? Who are you thinking about putting on? I was album? thinking about Paul Hanley. Yeah, from the from the Woodburning Savages. I've an idea for one that I think would be really good with him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and me and uh, Sean Dunn from the No Oil Pintings have had a yeah. wee with him a few weeks ago and we had a wee uh, chat and a, and a wee sing song yeah. so we, I think we come up with the bones or something Definitely. kind of really nice so I uh, uh, who would I 
geez, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think it would just be open to anybody. Yeah. Really, I think if, yeah. you know, if you have an idea and you think it would work, might, might would it all be male or would it be females? No, no. Yeah, female as well. Like yeah. I, I would. Uh, like I'm a big, a big fan of Row. I think she's yeah. brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah. like the Russians, an amazing songwriter and just great performer. Like, yeah. And there's there is there's some brilliant. Uh, uh, young, uh, young and, and older kind of female artists out there, like, and that that's the whole thing I could never, I could never understand. Is somebody said to me, yeah, what no, what advice would you give for up and coming artists? And I always say, I've been up and coming for forty years. You know what I mean? <laughs> give me advice, because <laughs> you're always, uh, you know, you're always and, moving. And I love the, I, I especially love the idea of people, of people that used to play when they were younger. And then, you know, for whatever reasons, had a family, got a job, whatever, just mm. give it up. Like, But there's only a guitar lying somewhere, just needs a new set of strings on it. I love that idea of them as picking up the guitar again and kind of giving it a go and 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 seeing what happens. Because it is, it's one of them. It's a great uh, it's a great pastime. It's a great way to, to spend a few hours just mm. sitting, just sitting strumming a guitar. Because it, it, it is, there's something to be said in that where just people get together and just have a wee session. There's yeah. no sort of, there's no plan at the end of it. It's just getting involved again and singing and, and it's a good thing. Um, like, even for uh, singing out live again, you know, and like, I suppose we are all where we are and hopefully we're at uh, some kind of stage where there's some kind of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you have... Uh, plans to go out you know live again are you thinking about it or uh you know do you think it's going to be a case of like we were saying earlier on about people having to get confident to go back out again yeah. when somebody over here just wants to come straight into the building straight away and uh what's your feelings in that party you i'm kind of i'm kind of but a bit mixed on it obviously i want to i would love to go out and and part of me wants to go out and play 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 a festival play a big festival with loads of people there and and then enjoy the festival myself and then part of me kind of thinks well you know you're 15 now like maybe it's time you're a young man do you know we kind of show I've here got a few strides on you you know <laughs> well, I was thinking about maybe you know we show here and there to just kind of just kind of take it easy um I, I don't know I've I, uh, I've always kind of been good at in my own company I've always been, well, I kind of love in my head most of the time anyway, like, so I could go probably for days and weeks and months just inside my own head, like. Your you own know I mean? sort of world of dramas and you know that. I mean? Yeah. And, you know, there's, and I suppose. Are you confident to go out again? You know what I mean? I don't mean that. And that. Aye, like, I, know, I, mean, I know, you know what you mean now. Do you know all around? Because, like, you're saying there, you know, uh, like, you might do, and then, you know, it's all right to say you mightn't, because there's going to be, uh, like, uh, like I was talking to someone recently, and, uh, well, two people. One of them was actually the person that said to me that that used to sit in now actually shocked me with the other person. Uh, they would have been the type of person would have been hard enough to get out. And they're saying, when's your next night or when's the next comedy or the next acoustic yeah. night? And there's other people saying that. And But I'm a believer that people have to trust venues again, Patty, and, and feel safe in uh, them. And trust each other as yeah, well. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, yeah, you know, and, and maybe that, they're in a room full of strangers. Yeah. Or not even strangers, people you haven't seen in a year. Yeah, and they're the conversation you know I mean? too, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it has to come back and, and uh, a bit of gaping, you yeah. know, and uh, bring it all out. Uh, you also, uh, you and Diane, you like to go on uh, wee excursions and all in your van, you oh, know, and, 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 uh, and, your, and your dog, your puppy. Yeah, Lee Murphy. Uh, and Lee Murphy, and uh, uh, part of your family, and you go out and about and all the different sort of places and different things because you love 
been out in open air. Like yeah. we sung a song earlier on, just uh, uh, it's about what's going on up in uh, a close area to ourselves now, all about uh, mining as such. Yeah, gold mining. And uh, like uh, you're singing the right words and it's saying how it should look and the way it should look and and. I suppose sometimes ordinary people trying to stop something that's maybe going to become extraordinary, if that's the right yeah, thing to say, yeah. if it uh, kind of goes forward. Um, you've always kind of, uh, your heart's always been in things like, right, I'm going to, this is definitely a cause. And you can hear it in the tune. It should mm. be the anthem. If yeah. It's not, you know, um, what's your feelings and all that for the people living around that area and for them? As I, I know I've talked to them as individuals uh, and I know people from up there and, it's kind of a hard one, isn't it? It's desperate, you know, when there's, like where we live, a couple of fields away now from where we are, they're threatening to build this big pig factory. Like, no, and it's just, yeah. it's just going to be completely and how does, how's your How's your community feeling about well, that? It, it's, that's, just, that's just brought home to you with them people are feeling Aye, up, up Exactly, that you know what I mean? So you, so, and, and, and the people uh, up Greencastle and, you yeah. know, it just shows you how much, how much people appreciate that having 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 them mountains they walk on, having that fresh air, you know, and 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 having not only for themselves but for their grandchildren and their grandchildren. The next generation. Something party. that should be. Yeah. Something that's it's 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 it really annoys me because it's like, it's it's common sense. Yeah. You look you look after. No, you don't yeah. shit the bed and then yeah. lay in it. Like yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You look after the place that 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 nurtures you in nature and, and, and nature and and keeps you and keeps you breathing. And ordinary rural people, yeah. they're not they're not adapted for this massive machine to just land on yeah. via PR and via um, the amount of money they have and how they move themselves around a community and how they take this organisation and and then really put them that they're oh, up against and, this yeah. organisation. And then they're putting they're and they're putting families against each other. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? And it's and that's and it's, it's just all from like. There's, there's uh, something like was it thirty billion pounds worth of gold in the vaults in London Bank, that's just sitting there, not even being used, and yet they want to dig up more. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a greed machine. It is, yeah. And uh, what we would say in this podcast to them, good people, love there. We hope it all works oh, out aye, and exactly. to the best. Of, hope it protects. Uh, and and community is very important. And it it's always been important to it you is. and Diana. And, and it's one of the things that brings it brings people together. It brings people that probably don't get along politically. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're you no, know, they're kind of as far removed as as you can get, but they've got that one common cause. And if you've one common cause, there's that thing where you might have something else in common as well. Nature is far you more powerful I mean? than any political yeah. party. Exactly. It always will be. And uh because it's uh and I think so. Talking about Greencastle and all, like I was up the mountain uh, um, this morning on a walk myself and uh, uh, I was hearing a lot of bird sounds, you know, the different, ah, you told me earlier on I heard a buzzard. And, yeah. Like a, like a I, I, imagined, I imagined it was golden eagle. <laughs> Welcome, Eagles honey. rock. I'm just going to cruise down. I'm do, uh, I, you know, an eagle, an eagle with, with you know, with, with a, a camera on it, you know, the, 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 the first sort of freaking aerodynamic camera in this case stuck to an eagle. But you've been taking some Beautiful pictures uh, and uh, of different birds and uh, and I know that uh, I watched this thing one time I think it was last year and they were on about people 
uh, I don't know if it was like a, a wildlife country something type thing, but you had a log of a, a certain type of bird land in yeah. your garden and it was a way of getting this uh-huh. uh, synopsis of the whole of uh, the UK and, and over in Ireland all together and seeing what was plentiful and what was down and uh-huh. what was up. How did you come about? Was it a case of just the famous one, I'm hanging some nuts and I just want to meditate by watching who comes in? You know, because yeah, yeah. people do just hang them and just, well, just meditate. I think it's a Robin Redbreast. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I think it's a such and such. I'm not sure. So, if you heard a bird sound, say it was a robin redbreast, now would you identify it straight away, or does that not take a, time? No, or, not or? A, some of some of the sounds I can. But here, how that how did it happen was I was no, I always kind of like to snap and whatever and take the photographs. But when we were we were playing a gig uh, over in Glossop, and we went to this RSPB reserve, and Dan bought me a, an RSP guide the British birds, and I remember uh, when was this party? This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then, and I remember photographing this bird in the garden and thinking, what's that there, whatever. And then looked it up in the book and it was a chaffinch, a male chaffinch. So I went, just put a wee tick on it and put the dit and wrote where it was, garden. And then that's, that kicked it off. And every time then I found a new bird, I would go to the book, look it up. <laughs> and and it, it, it gave me the same, especially over lockdown, it gave me the same buzz of, of playing music, of playing a gig. Fine, see, see, now, it's no, like discovering a new album, I, a new bird. There's a wee, uh, there's a, I've discovered there's a family of tree sparrows. I always kind of knew about sparrows, but I didn't know there's house sparrows and tree sparrows. And that tree sparrows are actually on the red list. So they're, so, they're, they're rare birds. So, and they live in our backyard and they probably live there forever. And I didn't even know. That's brilliant. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that, me getting that wee buzz again. Oh, no. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and do you have a wee voice you know no one you see the bird oh Diane I've just seen it smoking blackbird playing down I can't believe it Dan come quick would you Jesus Christ Dan quick oh for fuck's sake it's gone it's gone sure got we got the, the gold finches the wee gold finches oh, coming bird. Thing, right? and uh, uh, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, sir. She thought there was somebody breaking up. She thought you were in a fucking cardiac. Then she just said, what is it? Robin Redbreast. But I suppose if you're if you if you're used to that kind of buzz from playing gigs, uh, you want you need someone to replace it, and this did that and bacon as well. Like you get a, you know, if I put put someone on on the oven and it comes out and it looks well and it tastes well, I get that buzz. See yes. this lockdown, right? So people have been flat out baking. Yeah. You've done a lot of baking too. Aye. And like Marty McGill's baking away now. Oh, he's at by, I don't know what, what, he, what, like he's what, knocking out what all these program, King Wang pies YouTube and channel, all. he's uh, watching uh, I don't know what. But I think it's all Lisa. Do you, know? uh, do you think Marty's, so? Marty's just taking the credit. Uh, we need, we need to, <laughs> uh, like I told him, like I sent a pigeon up for a slice of one of his cakes and he must have killed it because it didn't come back, Patty, you no. know, so. I think, he, I think he's getting them out of books. He's taking uh, photographs from books and putting them up. They look own. pretty good pictures, don't <laughs> they? Because I, Do you know like I don't see I don't see any photographs of Hamax eating any. Oh. So I think uh, Miguel, we're on the. Uh, we have <laughs> sussed you out. What you're doing is you've got a green screen and exactly. you're putting an old plain score. They're all plastic. He's, He's buying them plastic, uh, plastic ones. I know. know what uh, they do in the TV programs. Oh, put all the plastic ones out. Oh, they're, they're, or in the front, and <laughs> you go to France. And oh, the, the dummy ones. The, the dummy ones, you mean? Aye. Uh, they go uh, out the front and then uh, the real ones. He's buying all them well, off eBay because all the cafes are shut in Paris. Because you like to cook bread and all. You got a bread... You <laughs> got a bread machine now. Thanks to Junior Johnson, he suggested we should get a bread machine. I haven't bought a loaf in over a year. So you haven't bought a loaf? Oh. Just baking, baking our own bread. Uh, brilliant. Put it uh, on at night. You do it overnight cycle and you get up in the morning, you fresh bread. 
lethal. Unbelievable. And so you, do you make it the healthy stuff? or? Is oh, it I, I, or, I got this lovely flour, this three-seeded malt flour. It's lovely. Oh, aye. Healthy stuff. Oh, aye. And why would you slap on it? A big bit of marmalade? No, a big bit of butter, maybe a uh, bit of jam, you know. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm frothing at the lip here, Paddy, at the moment. I'm frothing. And, uh, and, 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 you know, like, I would just say to you, the pictures you're taking are really, really good. And uh, they look yeah. the part. And uh, I don't know if I'm you getting better. I'm, I know I'm getting no, better. No, they're really I'm, good. I'm and there, I, I, I'm I don't still... know if you thought about putting out a wee, like a wee, uh, uh, like a wee, uh, you know, Christmas sort of set list, you know, mm. of all the birds. You can a wee in. calendar? Uh, a wee calendar or something. C- could be given, that's what I could be given for presents this year. It could be really Everybody cool. Get the no, calendar. it could be really cool because, uh, as I say, because any of the ones I see up online, they look class, you know what I mean? And you have a polytunnel now as well. Yeah, we have a polytunnel and we're... Uh, oh, tell me about the polytunnel. Do you, do, do you dig underground? Do you have a wee secret place where you go under at the back door? Dan, we're down now and we're going to dig through and then you could pop up the polytunnel. Like, you know, do you don't do that or do you just go straight down? That's actually a really good idea. I think that'd be cool. No, like you just go like an underground passage. Underground passage. And just come up with the carrots or oh shit. I've just moved the onions or I've just moved the tomatoes. What are you, what, what are you gonna grow <laughs> on the paddy? <laughs> no, what's that? What's the great escape? What was that? What was the thing, Jim? Shake it out, Paddy. Shake the dust out. And, uh, so Oh, sorry there. And, uh, <laughs> so, what's the plans of the polytunnel? The plan is they, I, I know, they, I know, uh, it's the animals. They're big plans, you know what oh I mean. Right, and, they, uh, so, oh, well, they grow our own, our veg become really self-sufficient. Yeah, uh, and all our own spuds and our cabbages and carrots and things, and then hopefully grow enough that we can put a wee table out and the neighbours if they're walking past and go back back to that, the, the soup one a, again exactly stone soup yeah. you know just I bring a bit of this and you bring a bit of that exactly. and bring a bit of, and, take a wee. well have you done any training in that or is that something because there was a polytunnel just up uh, the road it's actually over there now. there's one uh, getting built there uh, it was up there uh, but they moved it down you know. there and uh we did a wee uh, but they were flat out Butler, we did a wee online class now we did it way way before Christmas so I'm thinking we need to do a, definitely do a refresher because uh. all the stuff the soil and the and the, and the gravel and all is coming now in, uh. the, next, in the next uh, week or two so we need to do a wee refresher but this is a good time of the year to be doing it doesn't uh. the party because it's all you know well, there's the stuff t- you, get, you can put on all year round yeah and thing, but it's one, another thing I'm going to have to get my head around Aye. Well, both of us are. We're going to have Aye. to really kind of. So, would, who would have the green fingers? Would it be you or Diana? Diana would have the green, Diana green Diana fingers. Would have the green fingers aye. Aye. She'd be able to tell us exactly what seeds need yep. planted, what time of the year, yep. when they need watered, when they need a wee prayer, when they need a wee song, yep. a wee bit of love. She's taking it. the lead. She's taking the lead on this one. You know, I'm just going to be a hired them, hand. <laughs> them Brussels sprouts need good loving, and them carrots need good loving. And but imagine going picking your own sprouts for your Christmas dinner. I know. I know. You know what I mean? I know. And you know, you could set a craze because maybe all your neighbours will start. Before you know it, you'll have tunnels underneath. You can go up to Ivers and Nick has spots exactly. this is better yeah, than yours. Somebody get a few chickens on them. You know what I mean? Paddy, <laughs> I could waffle. I could go on all night to you. And uh, I don't even know if I've been on how long I've been on. And I don't even know if I've missed anything. But I'll check now. And I don't want uh, I want to just check. Uh, you be cutting all this out, I would say, anyway. Uh, oh, I just... You're, uh, there's one I missed there. Your dad was a, a big James Cagney fan. Yeah. And in one of your tunes, his famous line, would you want to explain about that song? Yeah. Aye. Well, that's from Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah. Uh, a movie? Yep. 1958? Was it? Was it? Well, I don't know. It was, I thought it was the, I thought it was 49. Oh, it was it? was Angels with uh, Dirty Faces. Shake Hands with Devil. Maybe, yeah. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, it was my dad's favourite film. Like, Well, he loved all Cagney films. But that was uh, 
that was the one. And the thing about Cagney was he used to, he'd always have a gimmick in every film. No, the kind of, that he would come up with himself. So it could be a lump or it could be just some kind of, no, we movement. We, we movement yeah. and, or, or a saying. And that was the saying to give that character. So when he says, what do you hear, what do you say? He was in the character. He was he was the character. And that was his wee kind of cue. And uh, so my dad would says it as well. Like, no, I'm saying all them, but you know, when they were young, growing up, they were thinking they were Cagney. What do you hear, what do you say, what do you hear, what do you yeah. say? And then I was writing a song about him and... Uh, and it just came to me in the chorus. I was just writing the chorus, and then that line just came out. I just seen him, and I heard him saying it like, and and uh, it was it was kind of nice wee angle. They kind of they they kind of talk about him, talk about his life and the stuff they love doing. Like, Beautiful and, song. Uh, it's a nice. And uh, proud of it. from your first album, yep, from my first yeah, album, yeah. yeah. And uh, just on uh, all your music and stuff, Patty, for people out there listening, um, where can they get it and? Uh, Download it and listen and just oh, it's get there. It's on. Uh, it's, it's if you want to buy it and give me some money, it's on paddynice.com. Paddynice.com. <laughs> paddynice.com. Uh, if you want to give the man some money, listen to it, whatever. It's on Spotify or Spotify. whatever. It's on YouTube. It's on. It's whatever. So think about it now. It's music. The music industry is dead now. Anyway, you know we don't sell CDs anymore. What do you think? The, not, what do you think the new model is? Is it, is it working and then doing music? It's not. It's it, not working well. I, a, like you have a toolbox. Yeah. You have a you have a pretty creative toolbox. You have different things going on, and yep. you know, and all the different parts, and you're keeping yourself sustainable, being self-employed on them. What advice would you give to people out there now being creative? Because after this uh, whole lockdown thing, there seems to be a whole. There's, there's, there's even the bits out there that the whole thing could come back different or a, a better shape or a different way. I don't know. What's uh, your thinking? Well, I hope so. Like I just think the way that the way the music industry is now is it's, it's designed, it's designed for most musicians they fail, and the reason I say that is because see if you, see if you have money, see if you're rich, you can buy yourself a career now. You can buy yourself on a big tour. You can buy yourself on a TV show. You can buy yourself on the radio. Under the big radio shows, if you have money, so it's, and it's it. not so it's not about quality. Like mm. it's not about quality. Like see if David Bowie was starting it now, he'd struggle. Yeah, you know what I mean. So um, and it's and it's all they do be middlemen, pluggers and whatever like and people that have connections here and there, and I don't know. There's probably brown envelopes going left, right. So and you're saying it's a team of people. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, they're all there, they block you, they take more money off you mm -hmm. until you try and get where you need to, yeah. you need to get. And if it's not that, it's like you look at Spotify and what happened with Spotify was they were taking all the money and the labels were going, well, this, uh, you, you can't be doing this, you can't be taking all the money. And then Spotify was, well, just buy shares. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. All the major labels just bought shares in Spotify. So they're getting all the money, but the artists... Aren't getting money. Like. So their gravy chain still thick. Right. And yeah. you see, you've seen it yourself now, like in the uh, way lockdown, when artists weren't turning, they started paying a bit more attention to their royalty checks and yeah. they started saying, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, You've been quite lucky, Paddy, with uh, the amount of plays you get. Like you were talking yeah. to me one oh, time I about you're happy with the royalties coming back and all. Uh, but that's. Well, that, even them now, they've kind of dried up. That's yeah. the, and a lot of musicians now will tell you that uh, because uh, there's not not as many ads and radio shows anymore, there's so that 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 whole royalty's kind of drying up now as well. Yeah. Um, 
So where do you think it stands? And for- I, I, I think, well, I think uh, if you're if you're a young artist and you're a young songwriter and you're serious about your craft, then it ha- without the live shows, unless you get your song on the Netflix mm-hmm. film or show or whatever, like yeah. without that live shows, they build that they build relationships and build the fan base and people that will, all right, they might listen to your music for free, but they might buy a mug off you or buy a t-shirt or yeah. buy whatever you know what I mean yeah. and support you that way yeah and if you found that uh uh what's the the whole lockdown and all in industry uh, have you found that that people have been supporting uh artists more or you as an individual have you noticed it more that people were supporting you in abstract ways like out buying the mug or the t-shirt or I don't have any mugs or anything. You left them all here and I've dropped tea flat out of them. They're downstairs and they're all mugged out. I have a couple flat out. The thing is, I'm lucky lucky enough that that it kind of work in all our our areas. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to ask you. And what we have tried to do is kind of help, knowing like our artists out there that this is their this is their only income like they, yeah. that they, they need to be touring yeah. or they need to be they need to be gigging and maybe us you know, trying to help them yeah and it's you and Diana have been great supporters look out there for you know people funded and, and all different things you know you would well we try we yeah. try like no if, if we and there's definitely there's people we love their, we love their music we love the we love what they do and how they go about it and if you can support people like that in any way then no, that's a good then, thing then, then we try and do it yeah but as as for as for myself, no, I'm look. I'm going to keep making music because yeah. that's what I'm compelled to do. Yeah. Like it's one of them things where I can't not do it. Yeah. But as far as uh, having these uh, ambitions of bringing out a new album that's going to uh, all of a sudden Bob Harris is going to have it as his album of the week, like no, it's not mm. going to happen. Yeah. It'll happen if I pay a couple of thousand pounds yeah. to some plugger that might. Oh, but you do get, get up, plays. Up on, you get played like. Oh, I know. Now. Look, here's the thing about uh, like, like in if it wasn't for like the likes of Ralph McLean, Lynette Fay, you know Eve Blair and Radio Ulster, like they've been brilliant uh, for 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 plays for me personally and and, and Highland Radio and I've been I've done well. I do well in kind of local radio. Yeah. And but uh, but every time I try to break and the Art you know, trying to get on RT or trying to get on Radio Two because I know some of like the new song Rapture song I think that's yeah. got Radio yeah. Two written all over it yeah. like, and yet yeah, but no but it could happen I don't think it will I don't think and it could happen if I give somebody ten grand then uh, it can happen uh, yeah it'll happen yeah yeah <laughs> but, well well but may, I can't see it I couldn't see it happening any other way yeah that's 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 really that's mad there you know because I would have thought there's still the power of a good song should be played you know but then that's a different world I don't know but. Uh, and I suppose but, but I always thought for me that the and I always say it the best song that was ever that's ever come out of Ireland is Gold Star, Cashier Number no. Nine. How that song wasn't a global success is beyond me. Like if it's about the power of song, then that's a tune like yeah. that's a tune that's like yeah. it sits anywhere. Yeah. You can put any song on any great song on before it or great song after yeah. it and it holds its own. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't understand how it didn't. And they had a few belters too. Yeah, they did. I. Yeah. They did. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Jackie Sean was yep. a belter. And well, I suppose that's just um, how things are structured. But where you are and your journey has been good for oh, you hi. and uh, happy. And as I say, just for people out there wanting to start, the, that they can. There's different angles for different people. And I suppose it's important too, Paddy, to know that um, by doing music and. Uh, 
writing songs even at a start, certain age will hold you in good stead in the future at all our things and all our works of life. For definitely, I, that's the thing. If you get, if you can get that, you've developed that craft, uh, even the confidence to sing a song in front of somebody, Yeah. then who knows, you may be going for an interview a couple of years' time. So you're not... You know what I mean? You you're more. You can say, hold on, I've sat and sang in front of 50 people. Yeah. These three people aren't going to... They're not going to buzz me out. Oh, exactly. Well, not yeah. buzz them out. Yeah. Well, Paddy, as in Paddy Nash, as in... <laughs> Patty is the happiest enchilada I've ever met in my life. Like, uh, uh, if there was a happier enchilada, I haven't met them. Uh, you have been a great guest, and uh, you done a few tunes earlier on, Patty, which uh, uh, will go out as well, uh, along with us. And thanks very much for coming down. Thank you for uh, having me. It's great to uh, be putting on jeans again. At, and are they the same ones? Because watch out, Diane, if they are. <laughs> that's good it's still there that's not dropping going east west north south. <laughs> so you've been a fantastic guest uh and look when you're coming out with maybe you know new stuff or new music and you want to come down and have a wee short chat about it you're most welcome uh it's been brilliant having you on old friend and Thank uh, you. thanks for taking the time out uh thanks to Tierney and uh, nathan and uh Kayleen and stella and uh, diane and Emer. You're all yeah. here tonight and social distance social corners. Distance. It's weird. It feels like, you know, uh, being naughty in a school, you've got your wee corner and you're stuck yeah, up against the wall. You know, it's okay. You can come out of the corner now. No, I can't. I have to wait. You know, I'm not even breathing at the moment. I just want to hear what Paddy's saying. I would have said a different answer there, Paddy. I know, Diana. No, don't analyze it the way home. Please do not do that. No, you are most welcome. And uh, thanks for coming down. And uh, hopefully, whenever things uh, come back and, and maybe we get wee gigs on again maybe you'll come down and do a, a full gig for us you know what I mean that yeah. would be brilliant Lovely. Uh, uh, so everybody in here give Mr. Paddy Nash a big round of applause and thank you very much thank you very much